welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday. I'm your host, Dave DeFore. We've got all your NBA action covered from a fun Wednesday night around the NBA. Joining me, Nitz. She only has one name. What's up, Nitz? Hey, it's all good. <laughs> We've also got Eden Liu uh, chiming in as well. How are you, Eden? Good morning. I'm good. And Rob Lopez is drafting his notes app apology as we speak. Coming up on today's Daily Ding, the Bucks are banged up at the worst time. Harden can't handle the Grizzlies and the Raptors roll the Oklahoma City Thunder. But first, the Sixers and Celtics give us a playoff preview. We're hoping to see this matchup. And uh, tonight it really lived up. The Sixers handed the Celtics a loss 118 to 115 in Philadelphia. The the Celtics didn't have Gordon Hayward tonight. He was in the concussion protocol. Um, they're hoping to readdress him, have him back for their next game. But uh, I don't know if he would have made a difference tonight. Joel Embiid was fantastic. 37 points, 22 rebounds, four assists, 21 trips to the free throw line and hit 20 of them. Eden. Having a center who can hit, make his free throws, and in particular one that has a free throw rate at, as high as Joel Embiid's, is a hell of a benefit, right? Yeah, huge benefit. And I love how everyone had written off the Sixers for tonight, saying that the Celtics have their number. Al Horford is this false narrative of being the Joel stopper, but Joel Embiid, the most unstoppable player in the league definitely, I think, deserves consideration for a defensive player of the year um, and just and even MVP a little bit. I think he's a little underrated in that regard, because whenever um, whenever he's not whenever he's not in the game, the Sixers really struggle on offense. So he's just such an important piece for the Sixers and just so good tonight on both uh, ends of the floor. The Celtics at one point led this game by 15. Kyrie Irving had 36 points, nine rebounds, four assists. Um, Al Horford, 22, six, five. This looked like another game where the Celtics just had the Sixers number. We we've watched Horford for years now, guard yeah. Embiid better than anybody. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler was, you know, kind of a forgot. I said he was forgotten. I forgot he was in the game, uh, in the first half. And uh, he saved all of his mojo for the fourth quarter, had a huge fourth quarter, 15 points, including hitting the go ahead shot, uh, really sealed the game. Nitz, this was fun, right? This was a good game. Um, for what it's worth, I don't think that it's a false narrative that Al Horford is not the Embiid stopper. I think that he did a great job on him tonight. He was definitely bothering him for a little while. And you saw that the Sixers went on a run in the third quarter when Horford, you know, inevitably had to sit for a minute. Um, besides that, yeah, I agree. Gordon Hayward wouldn't have made a difference. Really, the big difference is maybe if Marcus Smart could have chilled out a little bit. I'm never going to be one to tell a guy not to get emotional on the court, but pushing Joel Embiid, maybe not the smartest move, especially when Baines is down. You're like you're down your two best defenders. So for what it's worth, really fun game. And I think that the Celtics are still the better team. I know that the you know Sixers got away with a W tonight by three points, shooting like, what, 28, 30 more free throws. Um, and then their opponent. And ultimately, I just don't think that the Sixers offense is creative enough or good enough, to be honest. I, I don't want to say fraudulent. I'm really tired. So I'm just going to say fraudulent. I think that the Sixers offense is a little bit fraudulent. And tonight kind of showed me that they're way too talented to play the way that they play, in my opinion. And now, like, you have your two best defenders out and all of a sudden they they, you know, they sneak away with a win. Well, the, their starting lineup is one of the best in basketball. It's small sample size because you second, know, the second best easily compared to like the Warriors right now, right? No, I'm saying by the numbers, it's it's. 
I think it's the best as far as net rating goes, this, yeah. this new starting lineup. Um, so, you know, I, I think they have a lot of talent and this is what I've been pitching to everyone when I'm talking about the East playoffs. I think the, the Philadelphia is still sorting out it's chemistry. Uh, they only had eight bench yeah. points tonight. The Celtics had 37 and that's, that's a concern. And you know, some of JJ Reddick's uh, defensive stuff, that's a concern. Uh, the fact that they're playing TJ McConnell and they actually needed to play TJ McConnell. Like, I think that that's, those are real concerns, but when your top five is that, you know, big, right? Like that's a big time starting five. I think that when the playoffs come and you're shortening your rotations, although their rotation tonight was pretty short, um, but you're going to mm-hmm. tighten them up even more. Um, we've got a couple more weeks left in the season. I am actually not worried about Philly. And in particular, because of the way Jimmy Butler rises to the occasion in the fourth quarter. I mean, clearly we know Kyrie Irving is a closer, right? Jimmy right, and is a closer too. Yeah. And I, that's important in the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's a trend gonna... I've noticed with Jimmy lately is that he plays with kind of, he's been playing with a bit of a reserved attitude for the first three quarters of the game before getting it going in the fourth. Tonight was no difference. He only had seven points through the first three quarters and 15 in the fourth with all three of his threes coming in the fourth, as well as that huge baseline jumper that sealed the game. And whether the big three fit together in Philly has been a narrative all season. And it has been concerning at times when Jimmy seems to be kind of be unwilling to be aggressive on offense and he'll kind of defer to others even when he has a good look it gets stressful sometimes especially like tonight when the Celtics were really on fire in the first half but he came through when it matters and um, as long as it's resulting in Sixers wins it's all good I think it wouldn't hurt for him to turn it on a little earlier sometimes Um, and speaking of the offensive creativity I did notice that Brett Brown was trying out a few things in the fourth quarter running a few pick and rolls and not just relying on all the dribble handoffs yeah I mean listen here's my thing about Jimmy Butler he's obviously a closer that's why you get him on your team like we've seen him do this in a fourth quarter in a close game so many times now we've kind of just come to expect it from him. But he also took some dumb shots toward that end. And like they could have they could have lost that game if they didn't get a couple stops on the other end. And he's taking like two back to back threes that he absolutely didn't need to take. So I think that it's all it's a net positive overall with him being that aggressive. But I don't necessarily think that you're going to win a championship with Jimmy Butler being the more aggressive one even earlier. Well, he's not our most important player, Joel is. So, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Joel's like Joel's the guy you need to stop. But I'm Yeah, just, plus like, that huge block he had on Kyrie in the last few minutes of the game. That was de- definitely just that's one of the reasons why I think he deserves consideration for defensive player of the year. My favorite part is that he went directly after to like the post-game interview and he's sidelined and he's saying like these guys can't guard me. I'm defensive player of the year. That block the most like, unstoppable player in the league. <laughs> Well, I'm glad. First of all, I'm glad we got the win. Second of all, this is one of the best defensive players in the league. And third of all, I've been hearing that these guys can't guard me better than anybody else. So I just had to come out there and show that uh, I'm I'm the most unstoppable player in the league. Best energy in the league for sure. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable, you know, rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Uh, I'm guilty of it myself. I've had 
tears in my rotator cuff for years. Still haven't gotten surgery. Still haven't gotten it fixed. Uh, just living with it. And, and it's dumb because we never take care of ourselves. Same can be true with erectile dysfunction. Guys, it's not the 50s anymore. We can talk about this. It's fine. It's, all, it's a fact of life. Plenty of people go through it. You get it fixed. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com slash ding. You fill out a brief medical onboarding chat with the doctor. You get FDA-approved ED meds delivered to your door in discreet, unmarked packaging. Uh, guys, go online and get checked by a doctor. It's so easy. Erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys never tackle. But with Roman, it's really easy. So take care of it. We're not, we're not, we're not going to be upset about this anymore. We're going to get it taken care of. For a free online visit, go to GetRoman.com slash ding. That's GetRoman.com slash ding for a free online visit. Again, GetRoman.com slash ding. In news, finally we got some news. Uh, the Bucks are going to be missing Nikola Mirotic for the next two to four weeks. He has a fractured thumb. Uh, the team announced on Wednesday, uh, according to Shams, the, the Bucks, while the Bucks didn't give a timetable for his return, uh, they expect him to miss two to four weeks. I mean, it's a broken thumb, but uh, Nitz, this is a terrible time of year to have these injuries start piling up. I mean, they're going to be missing Brogdon potentially, you know, in the, into the second round of the playoffs. This is when you should be rounding into form and really, you know, working on your chemistry, especially for a guy like Miritich that they just got at the trade deadline. Yeah, it's really unfortunate that a guy like Miritich that was expected to maybe fill out a little bit of what you're going to be missing with Brogdon is now out. And somebody mentioned that, like you just said, they're really hitting the injuries at the exact wrong time. And they've had amazing injury luck up to this point. And the way that I look at it, it's almost opposite the Raptors, right? And this is when you want to be clipping, clicking. Like the Raptors had um, injuries the entire season. And now finally they're about to have it was, I think tonight was supposed to be like the third game that they were going to have their entire healthy starting lineup back in. Obviously it didn't happen because of Lowry, but it's exactly like you said, now you're going to get Lowry back in a week maybe. And you're going to have that time right before the playoffs to click. What? Like, I don't know what's going to happen with the bucks, to be honest, if they're dropping like this. And I still believe in Giannis to a certain degree, but I think it's just really unfortunate for them overall. Yeah. Speaking of teams that have had great injury luck, the, the Portland trailblazers, Obviously, it's a huge loss for them, uh, losing C.J. McCollum, uh, especially since they're jockeying for position. Damian Lillard has come out and said that he wants C.J. to rest until the playoffs. I quote, I don't want him to have to rush it. When he comes back, I want him to be himself and be healthy. So in my mind, we're going to finish the regular season without him. Uh, we're, in a, we're in a great position, and we need guys to be able to step up. It's only going to be better for our team in the long run. And uh, I think I agree with Dame. Yeah. I agree too. You know, Eden, yeah. Like why, why rush him back? Let him heal up. You've got to, you know, yes, you, you're going to be jockeying for position, but you're going to be somewhere between four and seven, most likely yeah. uh, maybe eight, but who cares? It doesn't really I'm, make that much of a difference. Right. Like I think the most important priority for the Blazers should be getting further in the playoffs than they have, especially with this Damon CJ core. It's, I really kind of think this is the last year that they can keep it together if they don't get a little bit further in the playoffs. We'll see so, about that. Cause I think yeah. Neil O'Shea isn't going anywhere. And uh, finally we've got a, a, on the lighter side of the news, uh, Kent Bazemore today. This is, <laughs> this is hilarious. 
And we had to talk about this, but Kent Bazemore issued a notes apology of sorts uh, because he fell down. And you know what? It happens. And and I love you know Nitz. You wanted to talk about this. Look, I love I really self deprecation. To me, like Kent Bazemore just seems like a very happy and secure person, and he is a good defender. And you know what? Sometimes you get burned. Listen, Kate Bazemore is a great guy. This isn't self-deprecation. This was, I mean, and if that's how he meant it, then all love to him. This is hilarious because it really just, I died for like a good 10 minutes when I read this thing, especially because, and I don't think we can read the whole thing, but it ends in, all in all, I'm alive and well. Man, you got crossed up by one of the best guys, like one of the best offensive players in the league. So funny. I, I know that he meant it like half jokingly, but I don't think it was self-deprecation and I'm not going to like analyze it beyond the fact that this was, so funny. Like this is it's what makes cute. Me so, yeah. Yeah. It's cute. And it's I like, love it. that's some NBA stuff. I think Spencer Dinwiddie was talking about it later. Like that's what makes the NBA just the league. So great. It's just like hilarious content all the time. Yeah. I just think, I mean, I love that he's not taking himself too seriously. Like and that's, it's, that's a good thing. That's a good sign. Maybe if more guys in the league would be a little bit more lighthearted about stuff, you know, it'd be even more fun. No, we got to scowl more. Shouts to Samus Fendiari. Hey, guys. Join us every day, Monday through Friday, for the back-to-back FanDuel challenges. And if you win on Wednesdays, you get to come on the Friday mailbag. Go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. Sign up, deposit $5, and get $5 bonus in your bank from FanDuel. And you can play with B2B listeners every day, Monday through Friday. Only $1 entry every day. Shout out to Claw11X for taking home the victory on Wednesday. He gets to come on the mailbag with us. So if you take home the victory in our Wednesday contest, you'll be joining us on an upcoming Friday mailbag. Again, that's fanduel.com slash B2B. In other games around the league, the Cleveland Cavaliers somehow defeated the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, that's right. No Giannis, no Miritich, no Brogdon. No problem for Cleveland. 107-102. Colin Sexton with 25 points. Man, he's really coming on. Uh, looking great. Making me look really smart. Chris Middleton, 26 points, 12 rebounds. Was not enough. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, 24-8-8. Eight and eight. Brooke Lopez, 19-4-4. Four and four. Jordan Clarkson with 23 points off the bench for Cleveland. Uh, man, that's a plucky, plucky team. Uh, the Knicks get... Dusted by the Jazz, 137-116. Donovan Mitchell had 30 points, five assists. He had one monster dunk. Everybody go find the highlight of that. Uh, Kevin Knox with 27 points, eight rebounds. Rudy Gobert, 18 points, nine rebounds. Joe Ingles, 18 points, seven assists, five rebounds. In Orlando, the Magic defeat the Pelicans, 119-96. Anthony Davis, DNP, personal reasons. Um, So we can't give you the minutes update tonight. Evan Fournier with 22 points, five rebounds. Aaron Gordon, 20 points, seven rebounds in the win for the magic and the Memphis Grizzlies. Woo, man. The Rockets want this one back. They defeat the Rockets 126 to 125 in overtime. James Harden, 57 points, eight assists, seven rebounds. That's his seventh game this season, scoring over 50 in this season. No other player anywhere close to that. Uh, that isn't Will Chamberlain. And uh, he got fouled in this one with four seconds left shooting a three. I'm sorry. Nitz, this is inexcusable. Like, you know his game. You cannot foul him in that situation. You just live with him shooting the three. I'm sorry. I'm pretty sure that you can foul Harden without fouling Harden anyways. So, like, 
I think you fouled Harden tonight. I probably fouled Harden. You know, I like I walked to the coffee shop. I'm sure that inadvertently I probably touched his beard or something along the way. Yeah. Mike Conley had 35, eight assists, five rebounds. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas with 33 and 15. Uh, Bruno Caboclo. He might be like, maybe he's like a few months from being away. 15.7 rebounds uh, in the win for the Memphis Grizzlies. Wow. Crazy. In Chicago, the Bulls defeat the Wizards 126 to 120 in overtime. Wow, some a couple overtime games tonight. Uh, I guess three. Uh, Lowry Markinen, 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. Chris Dunn, 26 points, 12 assists, six rebounds in a trade showcase game for him. Bradley Beal with 27 points, seven assists, seven rebounds. Jabari Parker with 28 points, six rebounds off the bench. I don't think he got a tribute video, though. Uh, in San Antonio, hey, I was there. Uh, the Heat. Defeat the Spurs 110 to 105. Goran Dragic with 22 points off the bench. Uh, Deion Waiters with 18 points, five rebounds. Josh Richardson, 15 and five. Um, Eden, the, the Heat are on a nice little run here. Yeah, they are. And it's really great to see Goran Dragic back from injury um, playing so well even with Justice Winslow out tonight, it's just, it's nice to see when guys can come back from injury and just to see how important he actually is to the heat. And with the loss that ends this Spurs nine game winning streak, they, they also are playing very, very good basketball lately uh, in Oklahoma city. We had a really fun one. Uh, the, the Raptors roll into town and defeat the thunder in overtime. One twenty three to one fourteen. Uh Kyle Lowry, as we discussed DNP, he's got that ankle injury. Um, but you know, the Raptors still pull it out somehow. Pascal Siakam, 33 points, 13 rebounds, six assists. Fred Van Vliet with 23 points, six assists. Uh, Paul George, hey, MVP G did not quite play like it tonight. 19 points, six assists, five rebounds, and fouled out. Kawhi Leonard with 22 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Uh, Russell Westbrook, though, leading the way for OKC with 41 points, 11 rebounds, six assists, and eight turnovers. Uh, uh, Nitz. OKC looked like they were out of this one and the, the Raptors haven't really been blowing a lot of leads like this. OKC storms back right at the end and takes it into overtime. Yeah. I blame the Raptors for that one. I don't want to give <laughs> OKC. I really do. I don't want to give OKC too much credit. Cause let's be real. This was not a fun or a real game yeah. until maybe the last minute of the game. And you know, Paul George has nine quick points for the thunder. All of a sudden we're going into OT thunder score, like four points in OT. They don't score until maybe two minutes until it's over. It's just, OKC's offense is so brutal um, and their defense wasn't exceptional tonight either. I think that Raptors are a really good transition team and OKC wasn't getting back there and the Raptors shouldn't have blown this one, but you know, the Raptors do this a lot. They'll stop moving the ball when they're up and they'll kind of just run the offense through Leonard who will settle for a bunch of threes that he doesn't maybe need to take. And, you know, all love to Kawhi Leonard, amazing player. You absolutely should put the ball in his hand during a close game, but you could get you could get a better shot, um, and then you know Pascal Siakam looking amazing, Fred Van Vliet amazing since he's been back. So good win for the Raptors, and I don't I don't I I I'm really hard on the Raptors when it comes to execution. I don't think that you're going to see this a lot when Lowry's actually in the lineup, but you know, bad for OKC more than anything. This is their 11th loss in 16 games. Yeah, they've really fallen off, and and as a matter of fact, like. I mean, you know, it's time to stop even making the joke that Paul George should be in the MVP conversation. Um, I mean, 
he can't quite help it. Right. I'm going to give him the excuse. He's got this shoulder injury. It's clearly affecting his game. His shooting in particular has really dropped off since like the all-star break. Um, but man, this is a, it's a bad time to do this when you're trying to jockey for position in the West. Like we talked about Portland missing uh CJ McCollum, but Portland's actually playing pretty good basketball, even without him. Um, Eden, I mean, what, what can, what can OKC do to kind of get out of this funk? I'm not sure because I don't, I don't really think that OKC is that good this year other than other than PG and, and Russ barely holding it together. They're not that deep and Steven Adams isn't having a great year. I, I don't know. I just don't really have much faith in them to, they're going out first round in the playoffs anyway. Whoa. I agree with Eden. They're, they've what? been so streaky. Yeah. They started like 04. And remember, they started 04. They, they, they were rough to the start. Of the season. They were rough to start, and then they had a good run. And then they were rough again, and then they had a good run. And it, they're like Russell Westbrook shooting. Honestly, they're like, they're so streaky. And then now, I think a lot of their success was the fact that Paul George was yeah. having a near MVP campaign. And now he's streaky again, be it the shoulder, be it not. Cause yeah. we've seen some pretty good performances since he's come back from that shoulder injury. And I don't know, maybe he's not fully healed, but it's just, it's just not looking good for them. And they're not playing high. They're not playing high level enough defense to make up for the fact that their offense isn't good. Right. The defense is the story. I mean, it, you know, this was a team that that was the thing. They had a defensive identity. They were, you know, one of the top three defenses in the league for much of the season. And, and that was part of the reason why I thought, all right, this is the team that maybe the Warriors need to worry about, not Denver, not Houston. And by the way, I don't think the Warriors actually need to worry about anybody, but I'm say, know, definitely this, not Denver. No, but this hypothetical situation where, you know, they might lose a game or two uh, in a playoff series. I was like, oh, out of anyone, OKC might have the best chance. They've got the high end talent and Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Um, but man, it's just it really the drop off has been steep and, and, you know, it's not looking great for my OKC take. But uh, then again, nobody remembers. And in Portland, the Blazers get another win without CJ McCollum, 126 to 118. Damian Lillard, God, he has been awesome. And, you know, if they were a top three seed, he'd be getting MVP buzz because of how good he is. 33 points, 12 assists, five rebounds. Seth Curry with 20 points, five uh, five rebounds. Uh, and for Dallas, Luka Doncic had 24 points, six assists, and five rebounds. Moving on to the lines of the night. All right, guys, here you go. We had some really, really astounding lines tonight. Joel Embiid, 37 points, 22 rebounds, four assists. Had the huge kind of game-clinching block on Kyrie Irving at the end of the game. James Harden, 57 points, seven rebounds, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, but they lost. Lowry Markin at 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists in a win. Kyrie Irving with 36, nine rebounds, four assists in the loss. And Pascal Siakam, 33 points, 13 rebounds, six assists in a win against OKC. Who you guys got? You know I have Joel Embiid. Trust the process. I knew you were going to say that, so I'm picking. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I'm picking Siakam. He just looks so good out there. Um, it's it's crazy how good, like, sometimes he looks like, uh, you know, top 10 player in the NBA. He's not. No, he's not. But sometimes he'll go on these runs. And it's just like, oh, my God, this guy is too good. Well, do it in the postseason. Yeah, that's MIP if if Russell didn't exist, basically. Oh, I I see. I got Siakam over D'Angelo Russell. And you know I'm a Russell. Oh, this is this is a conversation for for a couple weeks from now when we're doing our awards. 
Uh, that's going to be it for today's show. Again, uh, thanks for waking up with us. Make sure you like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to the back to back podcast feed. We had a new basketball buzz that dropped on Tuesday. We got a new nerd. She wrote coming out today. Go subscribe, rate and review the new mailbag feed. Don't forget. It is its own separate feed. And while you're there, subscribe to the black things matter Monday feed, uh, subscribe, rate and review this feed. The Daily Ding, as well as all of our feeds from the back-to-back network, the House of Strauss, and Pack Your Knives. Uh, which one of you guys is going to take us home today? Eden, you do it. Ding, ding. <laughs>